I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I got a feeling tonight is the night. I should have baked him a cake, but I know he likes my pie. Watch out, Charlie. Miss Ene is going to cook it tonight. Preheat my oven, 450 degrees. Some might say that's too hot, but watch it bring him to his knees. Hop the fence, Charlie, watch me while I stir up my pie. It's been a long time since I served my culinary delight. This is Play Me, your digital theater. We transform the hottest contemporary plays into bingeable audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome to Play Me, the podcast that transforms theater scripts by award-winning writers into bingeable audio fiction. You just heard a clip from the conclusion to the iconic play, De Kink in My Hair, by Trey Anthony, featuring the show-stopping performance of Satori Shakur as Miss Enid. Part one is available on Play Me Now, but here's a quick recap to help you catch up. Novelette's hair salon is more than just a place to get a fabulous hairstyle. It's where tangled locks reveal the complexities of her clients' lives. With her gifted hands, Novelette unravels stories of her customers, like Patsy, who reflects on the son she lost to gun violence at a school dance and now finds herself pregnant with another son at the age of 46. And Sherelle, a successful businesswoman and community pillar who feels crushed under the weight of it all. This play is full of joy, music, and humor, but it also includes discussions of difficult subjects, including sexual assault, gun violence, and suicide. Please take care when listening. This is the conclusion to De Kink in My Hair by Trey Anthony. Is that girl with my lunch? I'm losing weight drastically by the minute. Miss Navlet, I'm bringing the food order. Claudette said to tell you that something come up and she'll be back Monday morning. What? Don't shoot up the messenger. May have an excavate fish with white rice. Hey, I wanted festival. No festival today. It done. Maybe tomorrow. May have a beef patty. But I wanted a callaloo patty. Sorry. Callaloo done. But I'm vegan. Maybe next week. May have a soup. Mmm, let me guess. No dumpling. Mm. Yeah. Sorry about that, Miss Navlet. I guess it's your unlucky day. Unlucky day? What does luck have to do with my food? Is it a restaurant or a casino? Mm-hmm. Uh, and my oxtail? Oxtail done. Maybe next, but wait. Are you that stormy, Ryan? Hey, me ears say your ear to flim a flim show, you know. I could have cooked some oxtail for you. Okay, okay, okay. At least let me get a autograph, no star. Out. My money? Ask Claudette. What about my bread pudding? What am I supposed to do with this beef patty? Anybody want it? I've been here since 7.30. Pass the patty, me hungry so till. Oh, novelette. I knew I forgot something. It's the memory 
I was going to bring you over some sweet potato pie. I just baked one this morning. You know how I love to bake. And Charlie, ooh, he just loves my sweet potato pie. Charlie? Who's Charlie? Well, I, I got me a date tonight. Oh, yeah. Who would have thought there's any more oil in this old lady? Mm -hmm. But I revved it up, and I'm raring to go. <laughs> and don't be thinking I'm some old little hussy. Thinking I'm Madonna, getting me some young plaything. Oh, oh, no. I didn't go to a bar and throw my head back bat my eyes and complain about the music being too loud as I picked up some young boy young enough to deliver my morning paper. No, I didn't. I just hopped the fence and found me somebody. Hey, what? Huh? You hopped the fence? Well, I, I didn't really hop the fence, you know. Charlie, he lives next door. Ladies, I'm here to tell you you ain't never too old to find love. Hey, got me a man, a good man. Let me tell you, I had baked a nice sweet potato pie, and my daughter Odette was supposed to come over with the grandkids, and then she called and said her youngest had swallowed a penny. I tell you, I think that child's gonna be cheap, like his daddy. Oh, his daddy is a stingy brute. Rather than pay for a real wedding, he eloped. No church wedding, no reception. Took Odette down to City Hall. Every time I think about it, my blood pressure goes up. I tell you, he's cheap and classless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whoa. So as I was saying, my grandson had swallowed a penny. I tell you, there's the proof that kid cheap like his daddy. Rather swallow a penny than spend it. So a dad had to take that penny-swallowing cheap idiot to the hospital. Oh and that left me stuck with an entire sweet potato pie all for myself. And really, I could have eaten it myself. Because, ladies, there comes a time in your life where you ain't got no time to be watching your figure. Worrying about your thighs and your butt. Amen, girl. You just glad the good Lord has blessed you with another day and you still remember where your butt's supposed to be. Because when you get to be my age, the memory sure does fail you. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. Yesterday, I put my eyeglasses in the refrigerator and the eggs in the medicine cabinet. <laughs> oh, Lord. So where was I? Oh, the pie. So I had me my pie. Standing in the kitchen, just me and my pie. And I look outside my kitchen window, and there was Charlie pruning his tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Sun beating down Ooh. on him. Mm -hmm. Charlie's looking hot. Ooh, Charlie. I'm talking about the sweating kind of hot, dirty birdie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Charlie's hot. I must admit, real hot. And then I feel this, this sort of tingly feeling in my stomach. And the tingle spread to some other parts. I'm too much of a lady to mention. Ooh, and I, thought, I ain't had this sort of feeling in so long. Lord, I can't even remember how long. My Aston's been dead seven years now, and even when we was married, I never got that tingly feeling like the one I had for Charlie. Five kids, a mortgage to pay, breakfast, lunch, and dinner to make. Somehow you forget all about that tingly feeling, and it becomes a dull ache, a low moan. And then all of a sudden, it's just gone. Gone, just like that. And the only thing left to discuss is what time Wheel of Fortune is starting. And it's not that I didn't love Aston. Oh, I did. It's just that in my day, you didn't really marry for love or tingly feelings. You married a good man. A man who would take care of you. A man who would put his paycheck on the table every Friday night.
put his shoes under your bed and wake up and go to church on Sunday. That's right. Mm -hmm. A man, you didn't have to worry about drinking away the mortgage or having some young floozy call in your house. Hmm. No, Aston was a good man. I miss him. I do. He took me to Niagara Falls for our 30th anniversary. That's where we met. That's where we first met on the state side, because you know that's where me and my people are from. I do miss them. Aston gave me five beautiful kids, gave me peace of mind, gave me a nice home, but he never gave me that tingly feeling like Charles. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so where was I? Remember. Oh, yeah, in the kitchen. So there I was, feeling all tingly in my kitchen, wanting to wipe that sweat off Charlie's brow, thinking all kind of indecent thoughts, thinking I sure would like to get me some Charlie. Ooh, what I would do with Charlie. Well, I'll well, put him on the kitchen table. Hey. And I... Well, 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 before I knew it, I couldn't help myself. I was marching out the back door. And I leaned over the fence, bat my eyes, throwing my head back, and I said, Mr. Charlie, would you like some of my pie? And Charlie, looking all sweaty and hot, real hot, said, Yes, I would love a slice, Miss Enid. It's still hot. Oh, okay. And I say, it's real hot, Mr. Charlie, but I'm sure it can cool down. And before I knew it, Charlie hopped the fence. Oh, yes, he did. Just hopped over that big, tall fence. And there we was, on the kitchen table. I mean, around the kitchen table. Me, me, me and that fence-hopping man. Okay, I'm exaggerating. The man is 87 years old. He got arthritis. He can barely make it up the stairs, much less hop the fence. But hopping the fence just sounded so much more romantic. But there he was, in my kitchen, and we talked for hours. I poured him a long glass of iced tea, and we sat in that kitchen talking and laughing. <laughs> Ate the whole pie by ourselves. And then Charlie leaned over and said, Miss Enid, my love a big, healthy woman who not afraid to eat or laugh too loud. <laughs> I just put my head back, batted my eyes, patted my stomach and laughed real loud. And I said, Mr. Charlie, I do love me a man who knows how to eat some good I got a feeling tonight is the night I should have baked him a cake But I know he likes my pie Watch out, Charlie Miss Ean is gonna cook it tonight Preheat my oven, 450 degrees. Some might say that's too hot, but watch it bring him to his knees. Hop the fence, Charlie. Watch me while I stir up my pie. It's been a long time since I served my culinary delight. Got my eggs. That's all right. 
I may be old, but make no mistake, there's still sugar in my bowl. Watch out, Charlie, there's a whole lot of cooking going on. Remember this list, gonna give it A to Z. You got to mix it. You got to stir it. You got to shake it. said he would call on Tuesday. It's now Saturday and there's no call. I want to be cool with it, I do, but maybe I gave it up too soon. But when he whispered to me, baby, baby, I like the way you smell. Then he grabbed my hair and pulled it ever so softly and said, baby, I like your hair. What the hell is this on my face? A zit? I got a date tonight. I'm canceling. So I'm not gonna call him. Maybe it's not about me giving it up too soon. Maybe it's about what I gave up. You know, maybe he thinks my breasts are too small. I should just kept my bra on. That would've kept these soldiers perky. Maybe he's into slim mini girls, the kind of girls who forget to eat and always order a salad with dressing on the side. They They got got issues. A brother once told me, baby, I wouldn't usually give you the time of day, but you're kind of pretty for a dark skinned girl for a dark skin girl. My hair's too kinky. Too poofy. Too flat. And, and I, I can't, can't understand, understand how hair can make my ass look fat. Fat. I want to be bald, sexy, and bold. I think women are sexy when they are bald. Bald, bald sexy, sexy, and, and bold. bold. Maybe I should shave my head. I need a break. This shit is getting tired. I think I want to go for the natural bald. Bald. Sexy. Sexy and bold. Bold look. I was once bald. Oh, yeah. I told the hairdresser, excuse me, I think you're keeping the perm in too long. My head's burning. She said, do you want it to be straight or what? A couple more minutes. So I just sat there. Clock ticking, clock ticking, thinking about all the things I'm going to do with my straight hair, feeling my hair burn, clock ticking. 45 minutes later, all my hair was falling down the sink. I had one tuft of hair left, just here on the top, one piece. But boy, was it straight. Well, all my sisters have curly hair, curly like my mom. I want a curly hair. So what was the sister to do? Get a jerry curl. You ever wash a jerry curl and all you had left was a jerry and no curl? I had to sleep with a plastic bag on my head. My man wants to get romantic with me and I got a plastic bag on my head because I don't want to get grease all up in the sheets. Jerry juice always getting in my eyes, dripping on my clothes. My hair is braided so tight that my eyes hurt. And can I tell you about the itch? Don't itch it, pat it. I wonder if Bo Derek had to pat her head. 
being that she was the first woman to ever wear braids. You ever kept your braids in so long that when you took them out, they were dreads? That's happened to me. Me too. Three times. Maybe I should just lock my hair so then I wouldn't have to spend four hours taking the braids out, ten more hours putting them back in. I'm going to lock my hair. Beautiful long locks. (laughs) My mother would kill me. You ever had hair hot combed, then it rained? I remember I was terrified of getting my hair wet. I would watch the news every morning, and if there was any sort of rainstorm, I wasn't leaving my house. A light drizzle, summer shower, thunderstorm, I ain't going. That's why black women can't swim, because we're always scared about getting our hair wet. I remember my mom would say, Don't get your hair wet. You You think you're wet? We'll be right back. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. You understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Wow, Miss Enid looked great. Mm, love looks good on her. And her hair's never looked better. Novelette, you're magic. <laughs> you know, you're one of the best hairdressers that I know. And I've had some of the so-called best work on me. Letty... Why don't you come to L.A. with me, and you could be my personal hairdresser. I got a guest house. You could stay in. Rent-free. I could pay you. No, no, Charmian. I'm happy right here. More than happy with what I've got. You're right. But it was worth a try. Just feeling a little homesick. You know? But, uh, Letty, I I was thinking maybe I should get an Auburn? Something bright or bright red streaks. Or maybe I should just go back to my natural color. Well, if you can remember what your natural color was, please let me know. (laughs) Yes, that's what I thought. Okay, red it is. I don't understand you. Such a pretty woman. And you not have nobody. Career, career. And it's important for a woman to have a career, but... Career can't hold you tight at night. You mean to tell me, Charmian, you can't find a decent man? You know what your problem is? Well, all of you girls are just too picky. But I am going to help you out. Ah, no. No, don't say a word, Charmian. I am going to help you out. I have a nice friend called Bunny. Tall, dark, and handsome. Six two and strapping. Decent job. Nothing is wrong with Bonnie. Hmm. Nothing at all. Well, the only thing that might be wrong with Bonnie is him have two teeth missing from the front. Oh, you got to be joking, Novelette. I told you you're too picky. That's nothing that a good dental plan couldn't fix. You have a dental plan at your job, Charmin. Maybe you can help Bonnie out. You're not serious. Well, you want a good man, you help him out. I think I'll be okay. Hmm. Every good woman needs somebody to love them. Ain't nothing wrong with Bunny and his teeth. Showing off because you're some big movie star now. Hollywood, Hollywood. Away now. What about Drake's love child? <sighs> I think the only thing I ever really knew I wanted to do was to be an actor. I wanted to be a star. And I must have been around eight years old when I saw Angela Bassett. And I knew then, without a doubt, that's what I was going to do. And my mom, she jumped right in. She was a believer from the start. 
Mom was always giving me her famous pep talks. Charmaine, you can be anything or do anything. You know, sometimes if you want something, Charmaine, and you believe in something, you just have to fight for it. No matter what other people tell you, fight for what you want. And I remember in grade three, Sarah Thompson got picked to be the main character for our class play. She got to be the sun. And to make matters even worse, Claire Wilkins got to be the moon. Miss Collins, thinking she was being multicultural and adding a little Caribbean spice to the whole production, did me a huge favor by casting me as the star. The star. The lousy star who was on stage for about two seconds and said one lousy line. I am the star. I shine bright. Yeah, the star sucked. And I went home and I was devastated. To me, at eight years old, the Hollywood dream was already over. And mom said, come on, Charmian, say, I am the star. I shine bright. I am the star. I shine very bright. You think they won't notice if you put in one more extra word? It wasn't looking good. Finally, the night before the concert, mom figures it out. 2 a.m. and we're in the kitchen cutting out cardboard and gluing aluminum foil onto a huge cardboard cutout of a star. And picture this. The night of the concert, Sarah and Claire show up in their pretty little dresses and bows to read their 10 million lines. Mom is sitting smack center in the front row. When the lights go down, I watch from the side of the curtain as Mom grabs a flashlight out of her pocket, and that's my cue to come out. Mom shines the flashlight at the stage. I walk into my light. The light hits the aluminum foil, nearly blinding the entire audience. The stage looks like it's on fire. Mom, firm and steady, keeps shining that flashlight. Everyone says, wow, and then is silent as I say my one line. Mom, oblivious to the fact that some people were nearly blinded by my dramatic entrance, jumps up and yells, bravo, bravo, that is my child, that is my child, she's gonna be a star, bravo, bravo. She claps the hardest and loudest, tears of pride in her eyes as she graciously thanks everyone who tells her how creative and inventive she is and how my costume stole the show. And we march over to Miss Collins and mom says to her, ah, Miss Collins, I've always told Charmian there are no small parts, just small actors. And of course, there are those with small minds who think little black girls should not play the lead. <laughs> and that was mom, always in the front row, clapping the hardest and the loudest in my corner, giving me the strength and the courage to fight for what I wanted. And I needed you. I still need you. You wiping the tears for every audition I didn't get. You told me I was beautiful when they told me I wasn't white enough, didn't act black enough, not short enough, too fat and too skinny. And every time I wanted to give up, you wouldn't let me. You gave me the ammunition to keep going. Fight for what you want, Charmian. Preparing me for battle. But when I met Jasmine, my defenses were down. I fell hard and fast. And I knew right then that there were two things I was supposed to do with my life. Be an actor and love Jasmine. Me loving her and she loving me. Two women in love. Caught up with her, she was all up in my head. I memorized her body, her taste. Memorized her like my favorite script. Not wanting to ever forget her smile, her laugh, and how her touch makes me feel. And I am in love. And no, it's not easy. Always trying to figure out when to correct people when they assume I'm straight. Should I even bother? 
and friends who are down and, and cool with everything until they start spewing shit like, I would just hate it if my son was gay. No offense. None taken. Or every invite to come hang out is met with, are there going to be any straight people there? Like, come on, aren't you guys everywhere? And then we spend the whole night talking about your man, your man, your man, your man, your damn man. But when I mention my girl, you get quiet. And of course, I always hear the only reason I'm a lesbian is because some man just didn't know how to do the job right. And no, Delroy, I don't just need a good joke from you. Not today or any other day. Sometimes this shit gets tiring. Shutting my mouth at every damn gay joke and dealing with every straight girl thinking I want them. Girl, we don't want you. And yeah, I can deal with the looks and all those folks reciting their Bible passages, praying for my soul's redemption. Yeah, I am learning to deal with that. And really... I think I can deal with them because you showed me how to fight so I can deal with shit, but I can't mom. I, I can't deal with your silence. I can't deal with the fact that you can't bear to look at me anymore. I can't deal with the fact that my name seems to get stuck in your throat. How you make me feel that there really must be something wrong with me if you can't love me anymore. And you used to love me so desperately. I'm still the same person. I'm still here. When did you stop being in my corner? How could you let go of my hand now when this is the fight where I need you the most? And I miss you. I really miss you. And I can fight. I have to fight. I can fight for everything. I can fight everyone, but mom, you didn't teach me how to fight you. So, what do you think? I think whatever makes you happy makes you beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome, darling. Emmy, or no Emmy, I will always be proud of you, no matter what. Okay, Miss Hollywood, pay up time. And you know something, Charmaine? You need to be tipping me some big Hollywood money now that you're some big Hollywood star. <laughs> I'll just take that big pile of money from a tip. Thank you. You're welcome. And ladies, I'm going to be having a little get together while I'm in town and you're all invited. There's a special someone I would like you all to meet. Of course. We're dying to meet him. Great. I'll let her know. You'll love her as much as I do. Her? Her. Her? She's a lesbian? Oh, darling, get over it. Even I've kissed a woman before at a hair show in Paris. Mm -hmm. It's a very chic and classy thing to do while in Europe. Girl, you ain't gonna believe what I heard. Hey, 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 Miss Stacy Ann, I broke you and broke down my shop. You don't see you just step on Miss Millie too. You better apologize immediately, right now. Sorry, Miss Millie. Bye, Millie. Stacy Ann, this is a place of business, not a playground. I'm not your mother, you know, but I'm not afraid to beat anybody in my shop. As a matter of fact, what? Where's my belt? Miss Nablet! No, no, sorry! I never mean to broke down your shop. And I have two pieces of juicy fruit, bubblegum leaf, and I save one of them just for you. So that 
you can always have the fresh bread. I beg your pardon, little miss. I insult you or insult me about my bread. Well, thank you anyway. Now, come give Miss Navlet a kiss. How's your mother? Fine, Miss Navlet. She gone to work again. And Mr. Brown, I look after we and him give me money to come down here and wash me ear. Miss Navlet, you can cream me ear today, please? 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 Because me want to have the tall ear like my teacher in a school. Stacey Ann, you don't need to relax your hair. Oh, but, but Miss Navlet will see what she can do to give you tall hair. What's this, Ian? I know you're in Canada now, but it's warm in here, so you must can't take off the jacket and the scarf and the sweater. I know, Miss Navlet, but me still feel cool. Eight. That my come here, you know. But Lord, it cool. Me like the feel of the snow from my lip and me lick it off. But it's still so cool. And and no matter, no matter how much jacket, coat, and sweater me wear, me still feel cool. You know, me wear three pair of long john. Three pair, you know, I don't even know why them call them long john. Because them catch me right here, so. Three pair, and me still feel cool. Why Canada cool, sir? But all the same, me know say me lucky to be here because so many people back in Jamaica dying to come to foreign. And and when when mommy here, when 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 granny here that mommy going to marry Mr. Brown, he is my stepfather now. Granny say. You're lucky that your mother going to marry Mr. Brown because now she can send for you. And Granny, <laughs> as she love Mr. Brown, you know, one time, one time, Mr. Brown, him send Granny 200 Canadian dollar one time. When Granny get the money, she jump and she dance and she grab up me and carry. That's my little sister. And she dance round the place. It was the funniest thing we ever did see. <laughs> Every time we think about it, me have to laugh. <laughs> and Granny... Granny said that Mr. Brown is the best thing that ever happened to this family. And, and whole heap of time she tell me, she said, I beg you, Stacey, and when you go to foreign, don't do anything which will make Mr. Brown get mad. Cause is him send for you and him can send you right back.
My mommy and Mr. Brown come pick us up at the airport with my little brother, Gary, who me never see before. And, and when mommy see we, she cry and, and she hug up me and Carrie and, and she start to ball and she say, Oh God, look how Uno get big. Lord, it's five years me never see Uno. And Carrie, Carrie, she grab and pan me tight. Because she never remember mommy, cause, cause she was a little baby when, when, when mommy did a leave Jamaica, but I was four years old. I remember mommy, cause I remember that she used to wear a daisy smelling perfume. <laughs> And when she hugged me at the airport, me remember. <laughs> and, and, and Carrie, she never remember mommy. And then, you know, mommy feel bad that Carrie don't remember. And she asked Carrie if she did get the dress and the clip for we hear them and the socks and 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 the soap powder plus the tin of bully beef and Carrie she said yes but she still wouldn't go to mommy and she put down one piece of cow boiling in the airport for granny. And then, then, Mr. Brown, him looked like him was going to get mad. And, and him turned to mommy and him said, him said, me hope you're not bring no spoiled children in a me house, you know. And just try to talk to them in a the car cause me a PFA parking and 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 him did look so vexed that me did think him was going to send us back on the plane that we came on so you know what I do I just turn to my little sister Carrie and I whisper try don't do nothing which will make Mr. Brown get mad And Carrie stopped ball for must be one minute and 62 seconds. And then she put on one nether piece of cow balling in at the ear for granny. <laughs> but, but now, now, Carrie get used to mommy. And, and, she don't talk about granny very much. And, and she love our school. You want to know why? Because I teach her of the yellow ear. Me mean blonde ear. <laughs> Kiri like her because she remind her of the little girl, Lizzie Maguire. You know Lizzie Maguire? Me and Kiri, we used to walk mostly 222 miles to Suzette House to watch the pink people on TV with the yellow ear because we never have TV in our house. And, and me like foreign now because me have TV in my room and and I don't have to wear uniform go to school and plus plus I learn to talk proper and correctly and and me have enough enough clothes enough enough lunch and, and me eat enough enough McDonald's and peanut butter sandwich every day and and I'm tell you that I have my own room Mm-hmm, my own room. Cause, cause in a Jamaica, me and Carrie and Granny used to sleep on one bed in one room. 
But but now in a foreign, me have my own room. My own room for me and me alone. My own room. My room. But sometimes, sometimes, Mr. Brown, him come in a room. When mommy gone to work at night time, him, him come into my room and him touch me. And, and him do things which my granny say, me shouldn't make boys do to me, but Mr. Brown do it. You, you know, you know, the first time, the first time me did say no, Mr. Brown, but him did look like him was going to get mad. I remember, remember me tell you, say, Granny said, me not supposed to do anything which will make Mr. Brown get mad. Remember? Remember? And I don't want him to send us back to Jamaica. And I'm, I'm plus, plus, me don't want him to stop sending Granny the money. And you remember, remember my little sister Carrie? She just getting used to mommy. Is now she would really start to cry if we have to go back now because because Mr. Brown him say I'm going to buy her three new Barbie and him promised me that I'm going to buy me a dream Barbie house, Dolly house, big so. <laughs> And plus, me don't want to go back to Jamaica. And, and me don't want to make him mad. So, so, Mr. Brown, him happy when him touch me. And him want me to touch him too. You know, you know, when him... On top, when I'm on top, me, me just think about, me think about, me think about carry three new Barbie, and I'm think about carry teacher with a yellow ear, <laughs> and, and me and carry laughing when we eating the McDonald's French fries. <laughs> and, and me licking the snow off of me lip. <laughs> you wanna know my favorite thing for think about? Hmm? Hmm? My favorite, my favorite thing for think about? Is Granny. My Granny dancing with me and Carrie when Miss Brown sent her the money. <laughs> By the time Miss Brown finish, my Granny still a dancing on me head.
parts of the world live a little boy a little girl who is crying for a mommy for a daddy for an auntie for an uncle for a granny for a sister for a friend to defend them from the deep bitter bile violating hands that creep beneath the sheet when they must sleep this secret a monster in the closet Little girl, the moon is your witness. This sickness is no fault of yours. We carry the karmic shame for not stepping in and now you are to blame. Little child, the moon is your witness. This sickness is no fault of yours. We carry the karmic scar for not stepping in before it went too far. Little child, the moon is your witness. Witness. Now the time has come, get off of the ground, no more a little child, you are a woman, you are a man, you are a non-binary human, stand up strong. Turn your face to the moon and your spirit to the sun and you shine without shame, this story is yours and mine to claim. To Little boy, the moon is your witness. witness. Little girl, the moon is your witness. witness. Little child, the blue, blue moon is your witness. Hey, Novelette, I know I missed my appointment, but can you still take me? No, listen here, Nia. I told you to come for four o'clock. It's nearly nine o'clock. Please, Novelette, I have the funeral tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I did hear about your mother. How are you doing, love? I'm okay. Oh, she was so young. Listen, if you and your sister Sandy need anything, don't hesitate to... Thanks. Sandy's taking it hard, but I'm fine. I mean, we all gotta go sometime, right? But Nia, she was your mother, and... Yeah, that she was. My mother. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me home, help me. Stand. I am tired. I am weak. I am worn through the storm, through the night. Lead me on to. Precious Lord, and lead me home. Sandy held her breath when you pulled back the blanket. Pity the bitch didn't pass out while you were looking her baby over. 
I'll always remember how you smiled when you looked at his ears, then laughed out loud when you saw his even paler fingers. Sandy knew the shit was good. And she had passed again. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe the bitch was back on her pedestal. <laughs> yeah, you knew she had skipped more classes than she'd ever gone to. Dropped out of high school because she was pregnant. But you conveniently forgot all this because she had given birth to her light brown bundle of joy. Her kid's hair was so wavy. I thought you would jump right in for a swim. You were such a proud grandmother, quickly calling all the family and telling them how the baby could easily pass for white. <laughs> and I just wanted to go over there and smack you in your damn black ugly face and ask you, what about me? What about Tasha? Did you know that Tasha's birthday was last week? Did you know that her kindergarten teacher said that she was reading at a grade two level? And today she tied her shoelaces all by herself. But you wouldn't give a damn, would you? Because you can't find a wave in Tasha's hair. No good hair. No mistaking my baby for white. Her skin is black coffee. Black coffee without the milk. And I know it's all my fault. Because I chose to lay down with a man that if he closed his eyes and stopped smiling, you would have thought he left the room. <laughs> Midnight, you called him. But personally, I think he looks more like a quarter past. Mm. And when Tasha was born, you didn't laugh when you looked at Tasha's dark fingers and even darker ears. And your face said it all. No need to speak, Mom, because I heard it all before. How many times I have to tell you girls, pick the men you lay with because anything too black is never good. <sighs> anything too black is never good. <laughs> I should have known that because I was never good enough for you, was I? You hated my blackness, ranted and raved every Sunday afternoon as you heated up the pressing comb to press out my bad hair. While Sandy ran outside, the good hair one, the light one, the right one. We stayed in the hot kitchen and I pinned back my ears, holding my breath, not daring to move because I didn't want to get burned again. And as you fried and cooked my bad hair, you cursed my blackness, cursed my father, hated to see him in me, hated to see you in me, hated to see the black in me. And you know I'm 42 years old and I still cry when I see little black girls with red ribbons in their hair. You wouldn't buy them for me. You said I was too black to wear red. No little red dresses or red socks. Because I was too black for red. Too black to wear red? And you know, last week, I bought Tasha 14 red ribbons and put them all in her hair. Yup, all 14 of them in her hair. <laughs> and Tasha looked at me and looked in the mirror and laughed and said, Mommy, I think I, I have too many ribbons in my hair. And I said, no, baby. Mommy just likes to see you in red. It's my favorite color. And I wanted to believe that you tried to love me but I just couldn't feel it. I couldn't compete with Sandy because I lost that race before it even started. And I've been trying all my life to win it, not to get you to love me as much as you love Sandy, but just a little bit. And now you're dead. And I know I'm supposed to feel something, maybe cry, maybe mourn. I wanna feel something. And for God's sakes, you're my mother and you're dead. And I want to feel something and I can't. I want to cry and I can't. Maybe at the funeral I'll cry. Because I'm wearing a black dress, a black hat, black shoes, black stockings, all black. All black. 
Mom, I'm wearing all black. Mom, could you just look at me? I'm wearing all black. Please, will you just look at me? I'm wearing all black. I've been wearing black all my life. Take my hand, precious Lord, and lead me There you go, Nia. It doesn't take much to make you beautiful. <laughs> Letty, you think so? Well, of course. You always look better once I'm finished with you. <laughs> <laughs> but an artist can always do good work with a good piece of clay. Thank you. I'll be there tomorrow. Did you think I was a natural redhead? Of course it's a wig. <laughs> oh, Lord, my feet. Mm. But I get to get going because I have a party to go to. And ladies, you know how long it takes for us to get ready. Nails, hair, makeup, outfit. <laughs> and let's not forget about all those little extras. But I cut out all those little extras. No waist training over here. And even if it takes me 45 minutes to get ready for the party and me only dance two songs before me ready for go home on my yard, I do it for me. Because it's my joy. I have to love myself. Self-love is number one. It's an ongoing journey. That's why I have to be intentional about it. Trust me. As a woman, I know how it feels to get lost. Lost in a relationship, lost as a mother, lost in your job, so lost in others that it's hard to even find yourself. And I don't know, maybe it's age. It could be wisdom. Or maybe it's just working in this shop for so long. But I see far too many of you women rushing in here, holding everything inside, not knowing that sometimes it's okay to just let others see you cry, or hear you cry. Sometimes it's okay to just take a little time for yourself. Stop trying to please your mother, your husband, lover, the damn kids, and your stupid boss. No. You must decide what type of woman you're going to be. Because if you're not okay with the woman inside, nothing else matters. Nothing. Think about it. And whatever you do, be gentle with the kink. Heal the kink. Embrace the kink. <laughs> Get kinky with the kink. Straighten, lock, or... Keep the kink. Love the kink. That was the conclusion to The Kink in My Hair by Trey Anthony. Laura, I think this show works so well and it works on two different levels. When you think about it, it brings audiences like me who would never really get an opportunity to experience life inside a West Indian woman's hair salon and gives us a chance to be a fly on the wall. But it also, I think, works on a deeper level. 
on on the surface, if you look at me, I'm a middle-aged white guy who's as bald as bald can be. So you would think a show like this would be way out of my wheelhouse. But Trey's secret is she makes every single character vulnerable and slightly broken in a way that is so relatable. Their issues are so universal. And I think this universality is what has made this show such a wildly successful play. Just for the record, I knew Chris when he had lots of hair. Yeah, this show um, really does a wonderful balance of uh, bringing joy and humor uh, and something so relatable like going to the hairdresser with some really heartbreaking material. And I I just want to say what a joy it was to record this play. The cast was amazing and so fun. And we had Wendy Mangesha, the director, and Corey Butler, the musical director, in the room. And uh, CBC was hopping that day. We'll be back next with an in-depth interview with writer Trey Anthony, who will talk about what led her to want to write a show that authentically reflected the lives of Black women. And if you'd like to hear more plays by Black female writers, we recommend the Governor General award-winning play, Other Side of the Game, by Amanda Paris, which is available on PlayMe in our archives. The Kink in My Hair featured... Or Dina Stevens Thompson as Novelette. Debbie Young in Nita Africa as Stacey Ann. Onalike Adeli as Nia. Tamara Brown as Patsy. Shakura Dixon as Charmaine. Miranda Edwards as Sherelle. Satori Shakur as Miss Enid. And it also featured the vocal and performing talents of Elena Bridgewater, Tiffany Darival, and Chelsea Russell. This episode also featured the original poem In Honor of Belief by Dibby Young, Anita Africa. The original theatrical production was directed by Wenny Mangesha, and Corey Butler was the musical director and composer. The edit and sound design are by Chris Tolley. This recording featured the creative team from the T.O. Live and Soul Peppers 2022 production. Thanks to them for all their help with this recording, and thanks to you for listening. We'd love to know what you think about Play Me. You can connect with us by emailing playme at cbc.ca. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Play Me wherever you get your podcasts. By subscribing, you can listen to all our past shows and you won't miss a single one of our new episodes. And while you're there, we would love it if you would consider rating and reviewing us. It helps spread the word about our podcast, bringing theatre to a whole new audience. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley in partnership with CBC Podcasts. Our associate producer is Brianne Tice. A special thanks to our CBC team. Anna Ashate is our digital producer, and our executive producer is Cecil Fernandez. The director of CBC Podcasts is Arif Narani, and the executive director is Leslie Merklinger. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information about our plays, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.